2: Fox Sports Radio. 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 We're going to start with the NBA
3: playoffs, and we're going to start with what happened last night in Denver. It was the Portland Trailblazers evening up their series with the Denver Nuggets at one game apiece, a 97-90 win for Portland. What did last night's development tell us about this
4: series moving forward? Well, I think it's all about the Denver Nuggets. This is a banged up team, and I got to give RJ some accolade here. He warned us after that epic seven-game series against the Spurs. Watch out for Denver and their energy level. Remember, Portland only had to go five games. Denver had to go seven games. And although it didn't show up in game one, I really think the legs for both teams showed up in game two here. We saw a Denver team that basically could not make their open shots. And frankly, we saw a very banged-up Denver team. Their point guard, Murray, limping around, aggravated, a right thigh injury, and he literally said, I could not move. Coach had to take me out for some of the time during the game. Denver, all their players, banged up from that seven-game series.
3: So then why didn't it show up in game one? If, if that was fresh off the heels of that the, the long series and you had Portland coming off extended rest, why didn't it show up in game
5: one? Was that just the altitude? You know, my thought is it's almost like when you stay up all night, and you know you got that meeting at 10 a.m. Not that I've ever done this, but I've heard rumors. You get through that meeting, and then you take a breath, and then you're dead tired. And my thought was Denver, very cognizant that this is a flat spot game one. So they put all the energy to prevent that, but then game two, you can't just keep that energy level up. So watching the game, it seems like they were more tired in game two.
4: Oh, absolutely. Even on their jump shots. And I gotta tell you, RJ, it's not like Denver didn't get good shots. Their uh, game plan was good. They fed it into Jokic. And Portland said, you know, we're not gonna let this guy beat us again and get 40 points. So, Jokic made the right reads. He passed it to its teammates. And all the guards for Denver just kept missing threes all night long.
6: Yeah, the shots weren't there. And that really looked like tired legs for Denver. In fact, Denver's played 91 games this season. The 82 games in the regular season, nine postseason games so far. Denver last night shot less than 35% from the field. First time this entire season that's been the case, RJ.
5: So 82 regular season games, all the playoff games.
6: All the playoff games. Every game, that was their worst shooting percentage.
5: Looking at this series moving forward, I think it's advantage Denver. Just because I, I do believe Denver... Uh, prove some things in the first series. I mean, winning a playoff series was a step for this team. Winning a game seven. Coming back in game two and four of the last series, where if they had lost either of those games, they're probably out of it. Overcoming Popovich and all the experience. It feels like battle-tested Denver. And Portland, you could say, It was so personal with Westbrook. And let's be honest, Lillard, it's a coming out party. Let's give him credit. One of the best players in the NBA. And if they had their big guy, I'd like Portland. But it just feels like over a seven-game series, what Djokovic is going to do in the post or be able to do is the one constant, I would say, we have in the series.
4: I agree with all that, but I'm going to caveat it. Denver needs their point guard Murray, and he was hobbling around really badly last night, and he did not sound optimistic when they interviewed him about him getting better anytime soon, so that could be the wild card, and that the betters are reacting, I think, to Murray being hobbled, and they have made Portland now the significant favorite in the series, and RJ, this is Almost unprecedented to, to me that going into the series, Denver was a pretty big favorite to win this series, like around minus 150. And now Portland, despite only winning one of two games, is now, I believe, a minus 145 favorite.
5: Yeah, it's in that 150 range both ways. So Denver, before game one, minus 150 with home court. Now Blazers, minus 150. Anytime the team split, it is advantage road team, but not by this much. No, I
4: you never see almost a hundred cent move. I mean, that is almost unprecedented.
5: So I do think Jonas that that is an objective takeaway. Vegas perspective wise, is the Vegas market is much higher on the Blazers than they were entering the series even though the first two were split out.
3: Well, the other series going on in the Western Conference is the Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, Golden State up two games to none in that one. But the big question we have is, can anybody in the NBA beat Golden State?
5: Wow, I think everyone's a big underdog. Uh, I mean, let me ask you this, Fez. Houston entering this series, let's not benefit from hindsight, because correct me if I'm wrong, Houston's covered both these games, right? Just one of them. They did not get
4: the cover game two. A, li- a, lat- a last second foul. Houston was catching five game two, RJ. They were trailing by four with three seconds to play. They lost by six.
5: Okay, so literally a second away from covering both games. Exactly. And they split out. Meaning that it's not as if Houston's really underperformed in any drastic way. If anything, they've over- if you look at the ATS margin, they've overperformed, right? because they, by a smidge, let's just say they've lived up to expectations, but they lost both games. And I think there's going to be a total reevaluation about, oh, how good are the Rockets? I mean, right now it's minus 670, so almost $7 to win a dollar if you want to bet the Warriors to finish this series out. It started minus 250, obviously a big difference off those two wins, my question is, How much? who do you think in the East would give the best uh, series to Golden State? I think
4: either Milwaukee or Toronto. I think both have excellent chances to give Golden State real problems, RJ. They're my two highest rated teams in the East, and either one of those teams would have home court advantage against Golden State in the NBA Finals.
5: Brad, do you take that personally that your Celtics <laughs> who, who have split out in Milwaukee but somehow aren't even in the conversation?
6: <laughs> well, Golden State would have the home court advantage over Boston, so I'll have to give that one to Fez. That would be a major feather in the cap for Golden State. But I think player-wise, I would think head coaching-wise, I'll stick with my Boston Celtics. And when, when you weren't here, R.J., I doubled down, kept doubling down on the Celtics, so I, I'm plenty confident that Boston still has a good chance to come out of the East.
5: So my point being, Jonas has the question who beats Golden State. I mean, let's say that, that let's, uh, let's use the Bucs just because they're the number one seed. If the Bucs are hosting the Warriors in the finals, and that presupposes now Milwaukee winning two more series, which means this is a maturing team. Right, a team that's getting confidence, they can do it in the playoffs. What's what's the what's the series price? You know,
4: I I think Golden State would only be minus two hundred. Now I get it; they're minus two hundred right now versus the but, field. But they have
5: home court too, though. Oh, well, they're minus. Uh, they opened up minus two fifty against Houston with home court. Yes, yes.
4: So I think that that Golden State would be minus two hundred. What's remarkable, like. In terms of, would, do you want to bet Golden State to win the title? I don't think there's any reason to bet Golden State right now. They're minus 200 versus the field. I think you can wait till the NBA Finals, and I still think you're going to get Golden State minus
5: 200. I got to tell you, Jonas, I think the people who are holding out hope with Houston saying, you know, a series really doesn't start until the road team wins, right? You've heard that before. Right. And the theory being, hey, worst case, you get to game seven. It's one game, right? Because if you just hold, if you don't lose at home, if you're Houston, you're getting to a game seven, and who knows what happens. But I think that Houston had their two best chances in game one and two. If you look at game one, it was, what, less than a 48-hour turnaround For with travel? State. Yep. It was a Friday night game in L.A., correct? Yep, correct. Correct. And then they had a Sunday afternoon game. A 12.30 start Pacific time. So significantly less than 48 hours.
4: And yep. think about this. It's Friday. Golden State is in L.A. Houston is in the Bay. They've already flown in. Advantage, big advantage. Big road advantage. team.
5: They, they lose that game. Then, and we talked about it, Kerr wanted to get the dagger in the heart early. He went with the small lineup. The Hamptons 5 early in this series, which he usually doesn't, playing his guys seven, eight, ten minutes more than he did during the regular season, his core small lineup guys. You think, well, where's the problem going to be? It's when there's a one-day turnaround, only one day off. Sunday game, Monday off, play on Tuesday. The fact that they lost that game, Houston, even though Golden State played their guys many, many more minutes than usual, and it was short, we'll put in quotes, short rest. It wasn't back-to-back, but the shortest you get in the playoffs. Now, Wednesday off, Thursday off, Friday off, play on Saturday. Saturday night. How in the heck is fatigue going to be an issue? Now, obviously, and we'll talk about it, Houston has the game three at home, everything's on the line, all-in type effort coming up. But other than that, man, if I had to predict from here, I'd say Houston squeaks out game three, Golden State w- wins game four would be my prediction.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you a minute to down that two-liter.
0: Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code CRSHOW, Show. New customers can play 5 bucks, get 50 in Pick 6 credits. That's code CRSHOW, C-R-S-H-O-W, only on DraftKings Pick 6.
1: Head to graduatehotels.com and again, up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stay at graduatehotels.com.
0: Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed? Do you notice you're losing a little bit of hair? you shedding a little bit? Well, if you're noticing a little less hair on your head and you're checking your hairline all the time,
5: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
3: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we have a conspiracy theory in the Western Conference of the NBA playoffs.
5: Each weekday, we have fun bringing the fun of Vegas straight to you. Right now in the Strip, 82 degrees, the neon is pumping.
3: Guys, we've been talking about the Warriors and the Rockets series. Golden State up two games to none in that series with Game 3 coming up this weekend. And earlier today on Fox Sports Radio, friend of R.J. Bell, friend of the program, sometimes foe, depending on how Steve Fezzik's mood is, uh, R.J., Colin Coward had this to say about Game 3 of the Rockets and Warriors.
2: What networks do for the NBA, you promise advertisers six games. So if it goes seven as a network you're above expectations. If it goes below that, you're in trouble. A sweep, a couple of years ago, ESPN had three sweeps, I think, in like the East or the West. It's a disaster for networks. You can lose $100 million in three weeks. So, And I'm not, and I'm not a conspiracy guy, but if Golden State won that thing Saturday, the West is over.
5: All right. So let's agree with the following. One, Jonas presented that very incorrectly. He's somehow trying to defer to Fez. Fez loves Colin. It's almost hero worship. It's it's Jonas. Yeah, yeah right. With the problem. Bye. <laughs> right, but moving on, I think Colin's kind of contradicting his point. He's saying. Boy, the NBA doesn't want there to be sweeps. Oh, by the way, last year there were three of them. Yeah,
4: there's so many of these sweeps, so they've got to avoid them.
5: So I agree, though, that the best the NBA can do is try to skew, load the dice, let's say. There's still going to be randomness. There's still the chance of the sweeps. They load the dice. That's what I believe. Fez, I think you go beyond that. You're more of a skeptic, a cynic, a conspiracy guy. Let me tell you how I believe the NBA attempts to influence game, you know, extended series. Here's the, my understanding, and uh, our producer Lee gave me this information which affirmed some stuff uh, that, that I had read in the past, and this was a day or two ago, The first four games of any NBA series, the refs are predetermined, though they're not made public-public until the morning of the game. So whoever is refereeing game three in Houston, I mean, I guess in theory you could be tracking the possible refs, seeing what, what airlines they're on and find out, but it's not publicly announced until the day of the game. But if you have the four, game one, two, three, and four, already set, you don't quite know what kind of ref you'd want to extend the series. Now we know a Houston favorable ref. Now what does that even mean, a Houston favorable ref? I think it's two main things. One, what type of calls do you benefit from? And this isn't always obvious, but with Harden, with the Rockets, it's very obvious, right? Is whoever's gonna call fouls in favor of Harden with his, you know, outstretched scissor kicks and his various other gymnastic type moves. <laughs> that it wouldn't be too hard to profile these refs and say who's making these calls, who's not. And if we want Houston to win, let's get one of the ones making the calls in. Also, we know who the home team is. And some refs are susceptible to the home crowd and some are not. What does that mean? Late in the game, crowd's going wild. There's a foul call. You hear the crowd. Maybe you hate the idea of that crowd booing you. And subconsciously, you favor the home team. That's one of the things that batters look at is what percentage of the time does the home team win with this referee, because over hundreds of games, you're gonna see there's a home or bias. Not that they like the home team, it's they're influenced by the crowd. So Faz, do you agree generally, the type the way the game is gonna be called can be pro or con a certain type of team.
4: I do agree. But, of course, as you mentioned, this only comes into play games 5, 6, and 7, right, when the league gets to pick the refs.
5: Well, that's the theory, is you don't know that Houston wouldn't been up 2-0 here. Now, you can kind of suppose the home team kind of needs to win game three and preload it that way. And I wouldn't be surprised, right, because the only time really the home team winning game three would be problematic is if they're up 2-0. And that is so rare yep. that the home team or the road team is going to win the mm-hmm. first and second game, right? So, Fez, you, you go for – well, let's think about game five, six, and seven. So now if it's 3-1 going into game five and the NBA gets to decide which card to deal, they're going to deal the card that benefits Houston in this case if they're down 3-1 and probably a pro-hardened ref that's not influenced by the home team, home crowd, because it's going to be in Golden State. And I think you see in game five and six, those refs get dealt out. But really, it's hard to say there's any real corruption there because you're putting the ref in a spot. You might have an inclination. You might be predicting which way the ref's going to go, but the ref's going to call a fair game like he's called all year long. Exactly. It's just his propensity. Fez, you actually go a step further. And, I mean, I'm not going to say it's crazy, but it's kind of extreme.
4: I'm just hoping to avoid the bananas song here, RJ. So, <laughs> I'm a referee. I'm a seasoned professional. I'm going to make the right calls. I'm driving to the arena. I know I'm looking to make the right calls. But in the back of my mind.
5: You notice the way he said but real yeah. softly. In butt, butt. my subconscious I oh, know. So now, <laughs> something, the, now this is something they don't even know they're doing. I but know. The, you, but you know they're doing it. The wow, league, that's magic.
4: The league needs the Rockets to win game three. So what am I thinking to myself? Whatever I do, do not make the error of making a horrible call that goes against the Rockets, that gives Golden State the game, and then they can show me on SportsCenter screwing up, giving Golden State the 3-0 lead because of a bad call I make. That is an event that cannot happen. And so in the back of my mind as a ref, I'm avoiding that type one type of mistake at all costs.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
0: Cavino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids.
1: up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's good at any Graduate Hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stay at graduatehotels.com.
2: Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising
6: until you start listening.
2: When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too.
5: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And
3: I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. We've got one game in the NBA playoffs coming up later on. It tips off a little over an hour from now, 8 Eastern time on ESPN. It is game three in a series tied at one apiece between the Raptors and the 76ers. And right now on pregame.com, Toronto is a a one-and-a-half point
4: favorite on the road.
5: And I want this to be a jam-packed segment, so I'm going to open a Coke Zero and drink it. During this segment, fest,
4: Living on the wild side. Go, baby. We're going to lean to Toronto here, minus the one and a half now. Toronto, favorite on the road, and it's all about concerns with Embiid. Talk about load management. Embiid in the playoffs against Brooklyn. He only played four of the five games. He took game three off. He only played one game more than 30 minutes. Didn't have to against Brooklyn. Add up all his minutes, less than 100 minutes for Embiid. Well, Now they need him against Toronto. Embiid played 30 minutes on Saturday, 32 minutes on Monday, and let's face it, he looked like a shell of his normal self. All
5: right, so let's confirm that, because if you go back to the prior series against Brooklyn, it was he took off the game, he played 33 or so minutes. Then in the last game of the series, Embiid played like 20, but they were winning so handedly he was unneeded. So the theory was he was moving towards 30-plus, The fact he's playing 30-plus in game one and two seems to have the trend line. You know, it's following the trend line, but you're saying the eye test is not the same player.
4: Yeah, the eye test said he was absolutely not himself when he had to play in game two. That was 30-plus minutes. He only got two baskets, RJ. And i got to tell you, I've never seen a seven-footer built like Embiid spend so much time on the ground flopping and falling down from any kind of incidental contact. So I'm going to lean Toronto minus one and a half here.
5: All right, so let's think about this line, all right? Is Toronto, let's just call it four for home court with such good teams. So this is saying the fact Philly's only one and a half, is Toronto's two and a half points better?
4: No, it's saying that Toronto here is the favorite. Toronto's laying the one and a half. It opened Toronto plus one and a half. That's okay. So,
5: wow. So what we're saying is it's saying it's four, five and a half points different. And that's why this is only a lean RJ. But but, but why? I mean, what's driving that? I I have to feel... Because under that theory, the line in Toronto would be like nine and a half. Exactly.
4: And what's driving it, I really feel that Embiid is not going to be right for tonight's game. But
5: did we think Embiid, after watching game one, did you think Embiid was going to be right in game two? No.
4: Remember, he had that gastrointestinal problem as well.
5: So what's changed? I mean, it, it it seems like there's some revelation now. Oh, Embiid's limited. We got to move this line. Well, why wasn't game two moved then? Because it was a must win for
4: Philly down 0 1 with the zigzag. And now the feeling is, ah, Philly's even the series up and it's Toronto that's going to be bringing it game three. Well, I kind of like Phil. How did Philly, I mean, 30 seconds,
5: how did Philly win that game two?
4: Well, they won the rebounding by about 20. So they just out physicaled Toronto. And Toronto's bench was a no show, including Van Vliet, who bageled
5: and did not score a point. I got to be honest, Jonas. This feels like one of those things that directionally it makes sense that Embiid not playing as well is meaningful, but it feels like it's overdone. I'm going to do a last-minute pick, take the value. I got the home dog with the Sixers. Gimme, 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 RJ's bet.
3: The Odd Couple is coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. We are straight out of Vegas. Back tomorrow, 6 Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on FSR and the
2: iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Any college baseball
0: fans out there, if you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels.
1: We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location.